Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West. Thank you for joining us today. Joined by my friend, Brian Hunsaker. Hey, Brian. How you doing, Brett? Oh, I'm excited for another podcast with you, brother. Are you living the dream? I am living the dream. Life is good. October baseball. The Yankees are still in it. College football. The NBA's starting. It's, it's a good They're time. They're in trouble with China. Yeah. But hey. We won't dig into that. It's a fun time of the year, especially if you're a sports fan. And the mountains are stinking beautiful here in the great state of Utah. And it's really cooled off. It's cold. It's it's actually cold outside. But you know what? This is what I want to talk about today besides the mountains of Utah. You don't want to talk about weather? I can talk about weather, (laughs) but I'd rather talk about the cost of protection. Okay. Now, what in the world... Do I mean by the cost of protection? Well, those of you listening right now are going to figure out what that means. And there's an important lesson to be learned. But first, I want to talk about how people are feeling in the market right now. Brian, you talk with many clients. What would you say is the, the kind of the major or what would you say overall clients are feeling right now about the market? I, th- I think there's a lot of concern. Um, I met with two clients yesterday. The first one sent me a text message the week before and said, Brian, I want to come meet with you. I'm nervous. Met with him yesterday. He says he's really, really nervous about the market and uh, thinks that you know the market's probably going to take a downturn. And he wants to probably set this one out. Met with another uh, couple yesterday, retired couple. Um, same, same kind of thing. Uh, people are, people are worried. And, uh, one of the questions they asked me is, you know, what do we do? Uh, and what will, what will we do as portfolio managers to protect them from the next downturn? Yep. That's the topic of today. The cost of protection. Yeah. Now these clients that you're hearing from, and I'm hearing from some as well, I think it goes back to what happened 12 months ago. And that is October was the beginning of what in our minds was a bear market. Started in October. It was the worst December in the history of the stock market. People don't want to experience that again. Do you think as well along those lines, Brian, that people are still scarred from 2008 psychologically? I I think 2008 is... uh, Still fresh, even though we're more than 10 years past that time. And a couple hundred percent. Yeah, but it's still somewhat fresh in people's minds. And, uh, and then I think what happened last, uh, last fall, starting about this same time frame, um, you know, we saw a, saw a pretty good correction, almost 20% correction uh, last fall, ending on December, bottomed on December 24th. Yep. So people... They don't want to experience that drawdown. They don't want to see their portfolio go down in value, which makes perfect sense. You know, we don't like that either. Right. And, and we would love to stop that from happening as well. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But not just what we're seeing from clients and hearing from clients and, and others regarding fear. We're seeing it other places as well. Watch the options market, as you know, Brian. And we've got a VIX that's near 20 with a market that's 3% off all-time highs. Uh, we've got volatility skew as we were looking at the other day suggesting people are buying protection puts yeah we saw that put call 
Put call uh, ratio. Put, put call ratio, yeah. which is showing a very defensive market. Uh, very right defensive. Yeah. And we're seeing we're seeing the inflows and outflows, meaning what are people buying and selling in mass. Uh, very interesting. Over the last, well, just in the month of September, you had. billion of equity funds sold. So people selling stocks. And you want to know what they're buying? Take one guess. Defensive stocks. Defensive stocks. Well, I'll even go a step further with being defensive. $4.7 billion has rotated into gold and silver. Mm -hmm. So people selling stocks, buying gold and silver, and also going into money market funds, which is $85 billion in the month of September went to these money market funds. So people, we're seeing it. We're not just hearing about it, but we're seeing it in stats that people are getting a lot more defensive. So Brian, so when people are fearful, what what are some things that you have seen and you're seeing now? What are things that people do that's not necessarily the best thing to do mm-hmm. when looking for safety? Yeah, Brett, you and I have talked about in the past about the contrarian approach to investing. And uh, what that means is not following the crowd. You know, if everybody's piling into gold, maybe you might want to think twice about that. What does that mean? If everybody's, if everybody's, bu- everybody's buying a certain asset or an asset class, is, does that mean that that's a smart thing to do? Well, I can tell you that historically... What you're doing is you're buying high and you're really buying at all-time highs. You're buying defensive stocks at high multiples. You're buying utilities at high multiples. Um, gold has moved up because of that. A lot of money's going into cash. Historically, um, I feel like I've had my best investments when I have a contrarian approach and contrarian thought process and in going looking on the opposite side of that and say, gosh, these people are buying defensive stocks. I might want to look, where are the real values? What is everybody so, getting out of? So let's, 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 let's dig in right there because defensive stocks, let's talk about defensive stocks for a minute and the valuations that you're seeing on defensive stocks. Um, defensive stocks are what? Yeah, utilities uh, is, is one defensive area. If you think of and why are, you know, let's define what does defensive mean in, in terms of, you know, investing. And uh, so these are industries or investments that are less sensitive to economic cycles, to an economic downturn, on the, on the, and also an upturn, too. And so you think about utilities. Do you turn off your heat and, and gas and electricity um, during an during a economic downturn? Generally, that would be the last thing that people would turn off. Unless you live in California and you're forced to right now. Right. <laughs> I feel bad for them. And, and uh, I liked your example. You talked about uh, in consumer staples. You know, do you, you stop buying your iPhone or do you stop buying soap and toothpaste? Toilet yeah. paper. Toilet paper, okay. If you go without toilet paper, stay home. Don't go out. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. You're not going to, right? So these, you're exactly right. So people, people like those stocks right now. And we see it. We've talked on this podcast before about our green, yellow, red spreadsheet of stocks. All the red that we're seeing right now, which is the overvalued stocks, are defensive names. Right. The green, 
and the yellow is the more cyclical in industrials. Well, and even technology. You think of, you look Some at our yeah, you, talk look about at, that. you look at our technology stocks. Right now, utilities are trading at and I hope I'm not getting too deep here, but 20 to 25 times earnings. So the 20 to uh, 20 to 25 multiples on those earnings. And we have technology stocks that are growing. And by the way, those companies, those defensive stocks are growing barely above inflation rate, 2 to 3% a year, revenue, top line growth. You're not going to get a lot of growth there. They are defensive. There's no question. But you're paying a lot of money for those, for those funds, those investments. And then you have companies that are high growth companies trading at less than, less than those multiples you're getting in defensive stocks which doesn't make any sense to me. It might be growing 20 to 30% a year, and you're paying about the same multiple or same valuation uh, measurement as you are in those defensive stocks. So it leads, the, the herd mentality leads people to buy high, what you're saying, high valuations, and sell stocks that they probably should be keeping mm-hmm. right, for the long term. So it's the crowd. It's the it's, it's the, the it's a crowded mentality. trade. It's a popular trade. It's what it's it's what's popular, and I, and that generally is not how we like to invest. So the other side to that, besides just buying high, are buying products that we're seeing in the market right now that are called low volatility products, mm-hmm. which allows you to still have exposure to the market, but they're built in a way to where maybe it's 25, 30, 40% less volatile than the overall market. And those we're seeing a lot of people buy those as well. The problem with suppressing volatility is that you're not just suppressing volatility, you're, suppress- you're suppressing the potential return right. that is going to come. So if I build an investing plan, or excuse me, if I build a financial plan for somebody, and I need 8% on an annualized basis to help them accomplish their goals. But they're nervous. So they go and they buy a low volatility ETF and now they're getting 4% returns. What have I just done? Well, they're going to have a hard time reaching their goals, that's for sure. So speak to the importance of volatility in a portfolio. Yeah, I think... People are afraid of it. Right. But what, I mean, how should we really look at volatility? I think uh, people overreact to volatility, and everybody's guilty of it. There's no question. There's, a, there's an emotional reaction to, especially downside market volatility. And uh, I'm not saying it's easy, but I think we all need to program or work on our our emotions and, and just keeping them in check. It's, it is challenging and I'm, and I don't want to say that it's not, but, uh, you, you shouldn't really, I, in fact, yesterday afternoon meeting with this retired couple, I, I kept, uh, I kept telling them that, you know, not, you know, not, they don't need to be checking their investment portfolio every day for that matter, every month. You know, look at it maybe once every three months or every six months or even once a year. You don't you don't really need to check it every. You know, let us worry about it. Right. Let us worry about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, market volatility, 
is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it's in fact, I, I like it from the standpoint that gives us opportunities to take advantage of great, great businesses at good prices. And, and that's what we're seeing today is we're seeing some really good businesses um, that look very attractive because the market doesn't want anything to do with them because they might be cyclical or economically sensitive. And if there's a recession coming, you know, they might be, you know, they could go down further. So Howard Marks, one of our favorite authors and an incredible investor, said that volatility is the price you pay for returns. If you want 8, 7, 8, 10, 12% returns, heck, this year the market's up 18%, 17%, something like that. Mm -hmm. If you want those types of returns, you have to have volatility. Yeah. So the cost of protection that we're talking about here is many, many years ago, and I can do this for any client with options. I can say, do you want 30% less volatility in your portfolio? Do you want 100%? Do you want no volatility? Do you want 10% you know, less? Whatever the number is, I can do for you. That's easy. Here's the problem. It's going to cost you, just like any insurance product. So I used to, a number of years ago, I had some clients that wanted me to do this for them. And so I did it, and we reduced volatility by 15 20%. But then the market went on a tear. And you never know when the market's going to go up or down. So I still protected their portfolios. And then they looked at their returns. And the cost of that protection really did hurt the overall performance. Mm -hmm. More so than the protection that they ended up wanting. And they don't want me to do that for them anymore. Right. It's a lesson that I think people need to experience themselves. I'll talk, I'll talk. I'll try to talk them out of it, but if you want protection, it's going to cost you. Yeah, I think when I think about investing, and I think about market volatility, and I and when I talk to our clients and our customers, um, I try to stress and and express to them that market volatility is going to happen. The market will go up. It will go down. I promise it will. And it's it's something that you really have to accept if you want to have good investment returns and to be really and to be a successful investor. Um, everybody would. It, I mean, the holy grail would be no market downturn, downside volatility, and all the upside. That would be great. That would be great. I'm just not sure how you do that. I, I don't know how to do that. But when I look at our investments from an individual standpoint and look at these are businesses that, you know, I think of Berkshire Hathaway <clears throat> owns dozens and dozens of businesses, good businesses. They're, they're, they're going to be here three, five, 10 years and 20, despite what happens tomorrow in the market. It doesn't really matter. That's it, the it, idea of looking out, not at six months, but at three, five, ten years from now, as you invest. Yeah. Which is what people have the hardest time doing. Just, just think about, look forward. Don't, don't look at today. Look forward. Three years from now. What's today's volatility going to have to do with the market price or this business three years from now? Nothing. Yep. It's gonna, it absolutely means nothing. Or five years or ten years Blip from now. Look on the radar. Yeah. Look at the business. Look at those underlying businesses and ask yourself, is this business a good business? 
Is this business going to be around in three years, five years, and 10 years from now? And if it is, what does tomorrow's market volatility matter? It doesn't matter one bit. You're right. It's all emotional. It's completely emotional. It's all emotional. And and our emotions cause us to do, do stupid things sometimes. And when people want protection, want to suppress volatility, they're potentially damaging long-term outcomes that they need to accomplish their financial goals. Mm -hmm. So people, as we wrap up out there, uh, be careful as to your mindset of six-month volatility and your desire to suppress and squash that volatility because in the long run, it'll do you more damage than good. Uh, Yeah, I agree. All right. Good, good work today, Brian. Good job. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Until next week, friends, thanks for listening. Adios. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888-591-0334.